Thank you for joining us for another podcast from Covenant Community Church. And now, today's message from Senior Pastor John Lofton. Amen. I want to preach from the subject, the deliverer is in the house. The deliverer is in the house. Somebody say, he's in the house. See, leading up to these passages of Scripture, Jesus had been preaching. He had been teaching. He had been healing. He had been cleansing lepers. He had been raising the dead. He had been casting out demons from place to place and from city to city. And the last time Jesus was in the city of Capernaum, he actually was in the synagogue preaching. Now, he was in the synagogue. Now, you got to hear this. He was in the synagogue preaching, and it was so powerful that the scribes looked at Christ, and they said, wow, they were astonished. Another word would be amazed. In other words, it was like, whoa. They were looking at Jesus like, man, why? They were amazed because he didn't preach like the scribes and the Pharisees. He preached as one having authority. Isn't it amazing that in the synagogue, they didn't have anybody preaching with conviction? Isn't it amazing that they were amazed that there was somebody preaching on the authoritative spirit of God? That is, wow. Somebody say, wow. That's amazing to me. And so so they had said, they said, "Ah, we've never seen it this way before. So in other words, Jesus didn't preach some wussified, watered down word trying to be politically correct. Jesus gave you the truth because he knew the truth was the only thing that can set people free. Come on, saints of God. See, I've never seen anybody delivered in a dead, dry church. I've, I've never seen an alcoholic just completely relinquish alcohol in a, in a dead, dry sermon. I've never, I've never seen people change when the Spirit of God wasn't moving. I've never seen that before. Maybe you have. I've never seen that before, but you got to have some fire. You can't bake a cake in the refrigerator. You got to have some fire, and sometimes you have to have a fiery message to let you raise up to the occasion. Jesus just didn't come in and placate to the people. And when you have ministers who are just there to please the people, those are people who don't preach with any authority. See, 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 listen, listen, listen. I, 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 like, I like my dentist. I do. He keep my teeth white and pretty. I like my dentist, but my dentist don't have to be anointed. That's right. Mm-hmm, That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like my yard man. Alex, Alex hooks me up. He keeps my yard, keep your yard, and a couple of y'all have been here. He keeps the yard looking good. I like my yard man, but my yard man don't have to be anointed. That's right. I like my doctor. I have a great doctor, Dr. Chen. He's a great doctor. He keeps me in good health, right? Amen. I, I, I like my doctor, but my doctor don't, don't have to be anointed. But I got to have an anointed preacher. Amen. Yes, sir. I don't know about you. I, I came from a very tumultuous past. A lot of y'all grew up in church. Some of y'all came out on the unbiblical card speaking in tongues. <laughs> <laughs> Walking around in the, in the hospital 
holding on to your little thing, just, just all spiritual. That was not my testimony. I didn't grow up that way. I think that's great. I think it's great if you got, got saved at six. I didn't. So, so I lived a tumultuous life. And so when, when I came to church, when I felt like the church actually had some answers for me, I was never going to get off of that bottle in a dead, dry service with a dead, dry preacher with Mr. Freeze in the pulpit and you got icicles hanging off the chandelier. I was not going to get delivered unless I heard a message of hope. I had to hear a message of peace. I had to hear a message of deliverance because deliverance come when the deliverer is in the house. And the deliverer is not going to be there to preach you some little old dead dry message. I don't believe that you got dressed. I don't believe that you came to church just to be here. I believe you came to hear some anointed worship. I believe you came to be with some anointed people so that you can get to the anointed one. Talk to me, somebody. Glory to God. Somebody shout, he's in the house. I came to tell somebody this morning that the deliverer is here. Whatever you need from God, when the deliverer is in the house, you can get anything and everything you need from the Father of light. You should never walk out of the church not getting what you need from God. God is unlimited, and we need to stop limiting God, and we need to stop strong-arming God, and all we need to do is just surrender to him and say, God, whatever you need with my life, God, whatever I need to do, whatever I need to repent of, whatever person I need to get out of my life, God, I'm willing to do it because i got to have you in my house. The deliverer is in the house. I want to reflect on five powerful points from these passages. I'm glad I wasn't close to anybody because when you do all those peas, you spit on people. <laughs> you had to watch them peas, man. I ain't lying. Some powerful points, man, and stuff just go out. So, <laughs> hello, somebody. You still with me? All right, let's look at verse two. Look at verse two. The Bible says, immediately, many gathered together. So that there was no longer room to receive them, not even near the door. And he preached the word to them. The first powerful point I want to make is when the deliverer is in the house, the word is preached. The word is preached. See, anybody can draw a crowd. (laughs) See, it's not about drawing a crowd. It's about what did that crowd come to draw? See, 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 when you go to Time Warner of uh, getting ready to be Spectrum, you, you can draw a crowd if there's a, f- a basketball game there. You can draw a crowd because they're coming for the game. Or, or maybe there's, you know, Beyonce who might be in there, you know, somebody like that. Now, they can draw a crowd. They're coming there for entertainment. You can go to Bank of America Stadium. They can draw a crowd because they're coming in there for football. Or come, come back to Spectrum. Uh, you might have WWE. Is it still WWE? I don't know. It's been a long time. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Y'all know what I'm talking about? <laughs> wrestling, right? And I, I know I'm not going to say it because I know if I ever say wrestling is not real, I might, I might get some tomatoes thrown at me. So, so wrestling is real. Okay, it's real. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, 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 right. So it's, it's real. But anyway, when they come, they're, they're coming for wrestling. 
But this crowd in particular came for something different. Now, there were two groups of people that was in this crowd. There were people there that needed a cure, but there were also people there that was just curious. See, that's the same way it is in church. See, sometimes people just go to church. They need something from God. They, they need a healing. They need a deliverance. They need something. They need salvation. They need, they need a word. They need something to get them to the next level, right? But there are other people who are just curious. They go, I just want to see. I just, I just, uh, shoot, if the color of the church ain't right, if the carpet ain't right, if the preacher's bald-headed. <laughs> right, Chastity? <laughs> Amen. So they're looking. They're looking for something to be wrong. And listen, when you look for something, you will find something. There are no perfect churches because we are filled with imperfect people. Amen. And if you find a perfect church, don't join it because you'll screw it up. Oh, no. Oh, no, 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 no. I can't go to a perfect church. I got a lot of problems. I got a lot of issues. I got stuff that I had to take before the Father. Why? Because we all trying to get to Jesus. None of us have arrived. None of us will know all of the Bible. None of us will be able to preach every sermon in the Bible. None of us, none of us are that close to God. We're all trying to get to him. That's why Apostle Paul says we got to do this thing on a daily basis. We got to work this thing out. Apostle Paul said you got to work out your salvation. But he didn't say work for it because you can't work for it. It's already been paid for. You receive that as a free gift. But in order to stay saved, it's going to be some work because it's harder to keep in something than getting it. And that's why you got a lot of men, they'll do their work. They'll work for that woman. They'll do some stuff. They'll buy her stuff. They'll do all kinds of stuff. But then when they get her, they stop doing the stuff that they did to get her in the first place. I ain't talking about nobody in here, I'm sure. (laughs) Don't start it if you ain't going to finish it. Right, ladies? All the ladies say, yes, pastor, go ahead, brother. (laughs) They came to hear the word. And guess what Jesus did? He preached the immutable, the incorruptible, the unadulterated, the the, the word of God that will change your life. That's what he preached. Right? Because he knew they needed an anointing to get delivered. And the deliverer was in the house to give the people what they needed. See, you got to get the word, saints of God. The word is vitally important. And so when we begin to, to, to look at what, what he did when he preached the word, people got healed. This is what happens when you preach the word. People get delivered. People get saved. Blind eyes were opened. Mute tongues started speaking. Deaf ears were able to hear. Lepers got cleansed. The dead were raised. Spirits were refreshed, all because of the preached word of God. And we cannot compromise on preaching the word. We have to stand flat-footed and preach the word. The word is vitally important. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God. And the word perhaps was God. So if the word was God, that means that the word was with God from the beginning. 
and there was only one being in the beginning, and that was God. So therefore, the word is God, is Jesus. Hmm. Thy words were found, and I did eat them, and thy words was like rejoicing to my soul. That's what Jeremiah said. Moses said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God shall man live. First Peter says, we were born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible seed. That is the word of God. Job said, I desire your word more than necessary food. The word is important. Now, the word is not always received properly. Sometimes when you preach the word, people get offended. Come on. Even though the message might be preached in love, but people still get offended. Why? They're just people. They got offended at Jesus too. And then Jesus cleaned it up for us. He said, many will be offended at you because of me. So when people get offended, don't worry about it. Jesus already told you that they would. Why is it such a surprise? I can't believe they're offended. Well, Christ already told us they will be. What we do, we go to them, we apologize. I don't know what it was I did. I'm sorry. Hello? No, no. What you do, you storm out of the church. I can't believe they did that in that church. And you never reconcile. So you take that hurt and that pain to the next church, right? And then there will be something else that happens that's a little bit different. And you storm out of that church, and you take that hurt, that pain, to the next church. And you never really grow because you got all of this stuff that's, that's pent up inside of you that you never release in worship. Because you know if you release it, you got to go back and apologize. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. That's right. Okay. Y'all didn't like that one that much. So uh, let's move on to the next one. Y'all want to hear the next one? All right. So when the deliverer is in the house, the word is preached. Let's go to verse 4 through 6. Let's see what else we got. What are the powerful points we can pull out of here? 4 through 6. And when they had not, uh, and when they could not come near him because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof where he was. So when they had broken through, they let down the bed on which the paralytic was lying. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven. So when the deliverer's in the house, the word is preached. But faith is produced. Faith is produced. You notice what Jesus said? Jesus said he saw their faith. So you should have faith that can be seen. So let's go there. Let's go there. Let's put ourselves in the story. Jesus came to this house. Houses back then were not very large. They were usually had flat tops on the houses. They usually had a, a ladder to go up on the tops because what they would do in the evenings that's where they spent their evenings is on top of the house praying or, or drinking tea or whatever they did in the evenings because it was cooler. So there was access to the top. But check this out. So the paralytic man couldn't get himself to the house. He needed help. Yes. See, there are a lot of people who want to get to the deliverer, but they can't get to him because they need some help. Yes. And so, so the paralytic man needed some help. And so there were four men that was bearing this one man coming to the house. So upon arriving at the house, the house was packed. Somebody say it was packed. And so, so it was a lot of people up in there, right? So this man, listen, look, look at the metaphor here. The man that needed healing couldn't get to Christ because of the people. 
See, see, sometimes people get in your way. Yes. They, they, they claim that they're there for Jesus, but they're in your way. And, and, and see, he couldn't get through the door because people were blocking the door. He couldn't come through a window because people was all up in the window. He couldn't get to Jesus because people was all around Jesus. But he had four men that were real friends, and they came across a dilemma. They looked at this dilemma. They said, man, uh, the door is blocked. Man, uh, the windows are blocked. But we got to get our friend to Christ. See, you got to be diligent. If you're a real friend, a real friend won't walk away from you when times get hard. A a real friend won't turn their backs on you just because you're hurting right now. A real friend, when you go through a medical dilemma, they're going to be in the hospital room. A real friend. A real friend will look at the obstacle and they won't turn their backs on you and say, no, this is going to be too hard. But they will come up with a creative way to get your friend to the deliverer. The only thing that was blocking this man from getting to his deliverance was an obstacle. So my question to you is, what kind of obstacles are getting in your way? What kind of people do you have in your life right now that's preventing you from getting to the deliverer? What kind of distractions are in your life right now that's keeping you from getting to the deliverer? What are you watching? What are you putting in your mind right now? What are you putting in your eye gate? What are you looking at right now? Because the deliverer can't come to your house if your house is not clean. The Bible said these men, they saw an obstacle and they turned that obstacle into an opportunity. That's what God wants from us, thanks of God. Everything that we walk through is not going to be pretty. Every place God takes you is not going to be a place you want to go. Because if you went to a place you like all the time, you won't need faith to stay in it. You don't need faith when nothing is happening. The men that was toiling in their rowing, they didn't need any faith. Even though they had activity, they didn't have any accomplishments because they were going in circles. And, and we got a lot of people in the church, uh, they doing this for God and, and they doing that for the, for the Lord. And they're doing a lot of activity, but they're not accomplishing anything because they're doing it outside of grace. And see, the grace of God won't take you where the anointing of God can't keep you. That's why we got to stay in our lanes uh, because somebody said that this is what you're supposed to be doing. You better make sure that you confirm that with God uh, because God knows what I should be doing. Doing, uh, and nobody can come into your life and give you some little proper lie and say, I heard Lord to say, I heard the Lord say this to you. You better go confirm that word before you receive it because you might be doing something that's outside of the will of God. Nobody can give my wife a word until I verify that word. Because that word is coming into my house. I'm not trying to be uh, overprotective. I'm not trying to be uh, 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 emotionally uh, an emotional demagogue over her. What I am trying to do is to make sure that if that word is coming to my house, it has to be a word that's going to be confirmed by God. Scores of people operate on a, on a word that they got from somebody and it wasn't even a word from the Lord. See, see, that's why, that's why we vet prophets that try to come up in here. No, you, you, when the Lord gave me, a, gave me a word for you, well, I ain't looking for no word. 
You go ahead and give it to me, but I ain't looking for one, but you can give it to me. Listen, listen, I ain't looking for no word from no prophets. Why? I read the word. His Bible is a prophecy. All we need to do is obey what we're reading. Amen? Now listen, there are some bona fide prophets that are come and give you a word, and you know who they are because they're going to come to you humble. They're going to lay a word on you, and then they're going to leave. Those are bona fide prophets. The ones that are not, the ones that prophet lie, they want attention. They want praises from you, and they want you to come back to them. That's when you know something is not right about this person's heart, right? I'm trying to teach you guys something. Because you go different places and you see this kind of stuff. So your faith is produced when the deliverer is in the house. Now, no doubt, this was not very convenient. But they came anyway. They ran into some obstacles. But they came anyway. When they got there, they saw that it was almost uh, uh, impossible to get to the deliverer. But yet they came anyway. See, it's quite important, saints of God, that you might face some things in the world, but you come to church anyway. Because the moment you say you're going to do something for God is the moment that something is going to get in your way. But you come anyway. It might be storming outside, but you come to church anyway. You might have had a flat tire. You get it changed, and you come to church anyway. You didn't feel right in your body. Things will happen. Listen, I was sick all last night, but I came anyway. I don't feel all together right now, but I know that the deliverer's in the house. And by the time I finish preaching, I ain't got to worry about my ailment because I came anyway. See, see, that's, that's courage. Courage is not the absence of fear. Courage is moving out in spite of your fear. You come anyway. You don't need to be no fair weather Christian. Y'all know what that is, right? You just come to church when the sun is shining. And you become a bedside Baptist. <laughs> watching, watching TV. Uh, now, now, look why y'all, uh-uh. There's a couple of bedside Baptist folks in here right now. Y'all know who I'm talking about. I ain't, ain't got to go to church. I'm going to just turn on. I, I can watch Joel Osteen right here. And I can learn how to be a champion. Yeah, you get up and go to work, right? Be there before everybody else. They can't get to church on time. I'm not talking about you. I'm just talking about somebody that's sitting in your seat right now. <laughs> Amen. So y'all don't, 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 don't throw anything. Don't throw rocks at me. I ain't even talking about you. It's just the person in your seat I'm talking about. Amen. So, so somebody said faith is, faith is produced. When faith is produced, excuses are eliminated. These men didn't make any excuses to get their friend to the deliverer. So, so let me ask you this. Let me just let, riddle me this, bad man. Will you do everything that you need to do to get someone to the deliverer? Or when you say, mm, that's, just, that's just too hard, God. I got to go where? In my car? Taking my gas? But Lord, this is the last $20 bill I had. All week. You want me to give it to who? Really? Lord, okay, how about if I give him 10? You know I got to get some lunch this week, Lord. You know, can I just, was that too real? That was just too real. That was just too real right there. Because see, then, then, then you become the master negotiator, right? 
So you say, well, hold on, God. God, you know my life. God, you know I ain't got no more money coming in for the next two weeks, God. You know I just paid this bill. You know I just paid the bill because you just gave me just enough. You didn't give me what I asked for. You gave me just enough, and I paid that bill, and all I got is $20 for two more weeks, God, and you want me to give the whole 20 <laughs> And you sitting there, you like, Lord, Lord, I just don't know how this is. God, you just don't know, Lord. You know how I am. Lord, you know how, you know, you know, sometimes I, I struggle trying to obey you, Lord, you know. <laughs> that, that, was a, that, that was the devil talking. That wasn't God. <laughs> Amen. Listen, listen, I go through the same things, guys. I go through the same thing. Listen, I work in Uptown. There's a lot of homeless people in Charlotte. Charlotte is not, is not limited to homeless people. There's a lot of homelessness in Charlotte. It's saturated in Charlotte. However, I vet homeless folks. I don't just give money to homeless people, right? Especially if they're hungry. If they're hungry, I go, come on, go with me. I'll let you order whatever you want, and I'll pay for it so you will have some food. I'm just not going to give you my hard-earned cash because I don't know what you're going to go do with it, right? That's how I vet them. Now, some, some stories are very elaborate. Oh, my God, I had one guy told me a story. It took 30 minutes. And I'm sitting here like, bro, I'm just on my lunch hour. <laughs> can, can you, because I'm a, I'm a very high-level person. My wife will tell you, my wife and my daughter are very detailed-oriented, like most women, right? I, I, don't, I don't need all that in the middle. Listen, give me a little bit at the top, just kind of skirt the middle and give me the end. <laughs> I got it. I got it. I got it. I got it. She'll tell you. And I, and I'm like that. Because she knows if you talk to me too much, my eyes are just glass over. And I'm like, I'm like, I don't know what. Lord. And Elaine, she'll say, what did I just say? Can, can you tell me again? Am I like that, baby? She knows. She knows. If Caitlin starts telling me stuff. She had to stop Caitlin. And she said, Caitlin, high level. You're talking to your daddy. Because she wants to give me details. They're very detail oriented. I'm not, I'm high level. So you gotta start. You just give me high level. Just tell me the bottom line. How much? How much you need, bro? How much? Man, yeah, I went, uh, I went through that. Man, I need $2.35. Bro, wait, hold on. Brother, you just you just told me a 30-minute story for $2.35. So, so, so listen, if, are you hungry? Yeah, I'm a little hungry. I said, bro, you, you should have just said you were hungry. Come on, let's go. You had somebody just Friday, Friday. It was legitimate. They were hungry. She said, I'm not going to give you any money, but if you're hungry, I'll take you to get something to eat. She took them to the restaurant, said, order whatever you want. Person got what they wanted. She paid, blessed them. Boom, gone. That's how we bless people, saints of God. But I'm not going to support your habit because I had one, right? I'm not going to support a drinking habit or a drug habit. I'm not, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to be complicit in that, amen? And you shouldn't be either. So, but, but listen, a lot of you guys have, you know, such a giving spirit, and you just, just want to give. Hold your role. Make sure you vet them because you might be feeding their habits, and that's really not helping them. Amen? I'm not saying not be loving at all. You, uh, are you guys hearing my heart on this? 
I'm just saying, if they're hungry, get them something to eat. They need, it's, it's amazing that we can give billions of dollars to a terrorist state and we, we got hungry people right here. I, I don't understand it. I don't understand it. I'm not trying to get political, but that's just a fact. See, see look at it. Holy Spirit just lifted. You see that? You see that? Holy Ghost just, pew. Somebody got offended. That's all right. Just chalk that one up because you're probably going to get offended in this next one too. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Glory to God. And so, so listen, it wasn't easy for these guys to get their friend to the deliverer, but they did everything they knew to do to get their friend to the deliverer. They tore open the roof. Can you imagine Jesus preaching? Preaching the word. I mean, strong. And all of a sudden, stuff started dropping. And he's looking. And he's looking up, and you know everybody else is looking, because you know how people are, right? Come on, come on. Y'all in the story with me? Get in the story with me. You know people. You know people. I can't believe they up on the rooftop. You see the man trying to preach? Y'all know y'all. Oh, come on now. Come on. Come on. You know you would probably be the one saying that. I can't believe. What? What? Boy, that's disrespectful. I can't believe they disrupted the man of God trying to get somebody in here to get healed. Isn't that too real? I can't believe she's in here praising God like that. How dare her run around the church? Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. You're one of them spectators. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're not a participator. Because, see, people who participate, they don't have time to be looking at what everybody else. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. See, see, when you participate in the game, you're the only one going to get the ring. You don't get a ring sitting in the stands. But notice the people sitting in the stands, they know more than the coach. <laughs> Actually, they're referees. There's a lot of Christian referees in the church. You know what they are, right? A Christian referee is a person that's always pointing out your error. And they tell everybody else about it. <laughs> okay, I know y'all want me to move on. Okay. I told y'all, I told you. All right. Somebody said, don't be a referee. And if we get referees like we did in our last game, good Lord. All right, I'm sorry. I just, I just threw that out there. When the deliverer's in the house, the word is preached. Faith is produced. Number five. Go to verse five. He says, son, your sins are forgiven. So here's number three. Forgiveness and healing are present. The word is preached, faith is produced, forgiveness and healing is present. Faith without works is dead. That's what we get from the book of James. The word plus faith equals forgiveness. The word was preached, faith was produced, and healing and deliverance was there. So let me just say this. In salvation, there's healing and there's deliverance of sin. They both work together. Okay, y'all looking at me like a deer in the headlights. Turn to your Bibles to the book of Isaiah, chapter 53, verse 4. Chapter 53, verse 4. Isaiah, chapter 53, verse 4. It says, surely he has borne our griefs, that's sickness, and carried our sorrows. 
So in other words, healing and salvation, they all go together. He bore all of this. Now turn to Matthew chapter 8. Verse 17. That it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet Isaiah. Now he's referring back. Matthew is referring back to the prophet Isaiah. He himself, he took our infirmities. That's sin. And he bore our sickness. Salvation. When you start talking about people getting saved, healing is included in salvation. It's not separate. That's, it's, it's important that you see this because clearly the man needed a healing. Jesus did not say be healed. He said, your sins are forgiven. Because Jesus knew his healing was tied to his forgiveness. Are you thinking? You processing? Now, one thing you got to understand about Jesus going back to Mark. Let me go back to Mark. I got to read something else to you. Oh, I just love this Bible. It's amazing. One of the things that Jesus was doing, he said, I want you to know, that's going to be further down in verse 10, I want you to know that the Son of Man has power on the earth to forgive sins. Power. The word power is exosia, which means right, authority, jurisdiction, and liberty. So in other words, Jesus was saying, I have the authority to do this. Now, last Wednesday, man, Bible study was incredible because we're talking about the 14 characteristics of a king. Amen. And so Wednesday, we were talking about the king's name is the essence of the king's authority. You cannot separate the king's name from the king's authority. And Jesus gave us power of attorney, which means he's giving us his name to be able to use it. When you go to the book of Philippians, the Bible, Philippians, the Bible says that God put him at his right hand and gave him a name that's above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow in heaven, on the earth, and under the earth. That's with angels, with man, and with demons. Every knee shall bow. Angels, man, and demons. On heaven, on the earth, and under the earth. And every tongue shall confess that Jesus is Lord. Why? Because the name and the authority go hand in hand. That's why he said when you cast out devils, you can cast them out in my name. Because my name is the essence of who I am. So when you said Jesus come into my heart, you just declared a name above sickness. And since his name is above sickness, you can put that name on any sickness. You can tell lupus back up. Fibromyalgia, uh-uh, not in my house. No, 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 no diabetes up in here. Amen. Come on, come on. Cancer. I'm no, no, no. Cancer can't survive in my body. And once you put the name on it in the spiritual, then you're going to have to do some stuff in the natural. You can't keep on eating the same old stuff that's killing you 
and then said, Jesus, I need you to heal me. If we can get people to eat right, we can keep people out of healing line. No, Pastor, I just want to eat what I want to eat, and I'll just have you come pray for me when I'm feeling bad. <laughs> Amen? So, so, yes, are you seeing how these things are tied together? The name is important. That's why I said the, the, the name of the Lord is a strong tower where the righteous can run into it and they are safe. Why? Because you're safe in the name. There's protection in the name. There is peace in the name. There is healing in the name. There's deliverance in the name. There's, there's salvation in the name. Put a name on it. He gave you the name. The name is Jesus. That's why people say you can talk about God, but that Jesus, I don't. It's all right to talk about God, but when you bring Jesus in it, I don't know about that Jesus. Well, I do. See, Jesus was the one that got me off of the bottle. See, and since you weren't there, then you can't tell me who I need to praise. Hello, somebody. That's why the Bible says that we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. I don't care about the skeptics and the atheists if you just tell them your testimony because I couldn't do what I needed to do in my life. I couldn't wheel myself off of the bottle. I needed a spirit inside of me. I needed God's spirit. I needed his love. I needed to experience something I had never experienced before. And when I got in touch with God, he knocked me off of my high horse of pride and he began to change my life from the inside out. And he did something on the inside that changed everything on the outside so I live my life not from the outside in I live my life from the inside out and if you would say unto the mountain be thou removed it will be removed from you why? because we don't live our lives from out there in here but from in here to out there come on somebody glory to God, glory to God. see when the deliverer is in the house he'll make you bold because I tell any skeptic, oh, no, no, Jesus Christ is for real. He's for real in my life. You don't have to believe that he's real, but I know he's real. I know he's spoken to my heart. I know he delivered me from alcohol. I know he healed me of cancer. When you weren't there, he was the one that came into my room. He was the one that spoke in my ears. He was the one that wrapped his loving arms around me. When everybody else walked away, Christ said, I'm right here, boy. Somebody know what I'm talking about in here. You had some family members to walk away. You've had some friends to walk away. But God says, I'll be right here. I'll be with you always, even until the end of the year. Come on, somebody. Woo! Glory, God. Glory. The deliverer is in the house. Glory, 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 glory. The word is preached. <laughs> Hallelujah. Faith is produced. Forgiveness is present. But I got to talk about this one, saints of God. This is number four. Doubt is proliferated. I got to say this one because isn't it amazing that even when great things are happening and even when miracles are being produced and, and people are being healed, you always got haters. See, see, I know when I said that doubt is proliferated, you probably looked at me like, wait a minute, Pastor, what are you talking about, man? This, this is good. We just got up on our feet. But see, this is what you got to understand. Not everybody got up. 
See, see, there are sometimes when people get blessed, everybody in the church ain't gonna be happy. Now he ain't, he ain't say nothing to me. Prophet come in the house. He he prayed for Alvin and skip over Jatana and pray for Chris and Jatana be like, why, why he skip over my head? Shoot, I was trying to put my head in his hand. <laughs> like, bro, I need a blessing too. <laughs> She get mad. I can't believe he didn't lay hands on me. <laughs> when you're t- well, praise the Lord. It wasn't my time, Lord. Hallelujah. <laughs> I still love you, Lord. But you be tripping. But listen to this, though. Do you realize that when prophecy goes forth, you can grab it? I'm just telling you. Somebody give you a prophecy? That ain't just yours. Because I'm taking that. Oh, that's my, oh, that's my. And when, oh, when prophecy goes forth, I go, oh, yes, Lord, that's my. I'm taking that. That's my. If they don't get it, I got it. I'm taking that. Oh, yes. I'm, oh, yes, Lord, that's mine. That's the, by my faith, right? You see? You see? Because what happens is, saints of God, there was only two people that Jesus Christ said, great is your faith. And both of them were Gentiles. Not one of them were religious people. One of them was the Syrophoenician woman who came and said, Lord, my daughter is grievously vexed with a devil. I need you to cast the devil out of her. And Jesus looked at her and said, Hi, why would I take the bread from the children and give it to the dogs? Call a woman a dog. That's what Jesus said. Now, you got to read your Bible. But you know the tenacity of this woman because her faith had been activated. The woman said, yay, Lord. In other words, the woman said, you can call me what you want to call me, but I ain't leaving this place without my blessing. See, it's, it's too many Christians in here. You, you just don't wait long enough for it. And you're not willing. You don't have the drive to get to it. And, and you give up too fast. And when it gets too hard and God, I can't do that. And I don't have enough money. And I didn't, didn't raise up in the right church. And I don't have the right degree. And I can't start that business. I can't finish that degree. And my kids are always this. And, and I always live over here. And I always be working over there. And you put limits on yourself. And God is saying, take the limits off. Always going to be haters. Don't worry about haters. If Jesus had haters, you're going to have haters. Listen, listen. While the haters still talking, I'm still walking. I'm still walking. You know who I'm walking to? Right into my blessing. Right? Because while you're being blessed, they still going to talk. But guess what? When you was broken, poor living, they was talking bad about you then too. So they might as well talk about me when I got something. Thank you, brother. I'm preaching myself happy today. Let me give you the last one because it's time to praise God in this house. See, when the deliverer is in the house, the word is preached. Faith is produced. Forgiveness and healing is present. Doubt is proliferated. And lastly, God is praised. See, you notice I use those P's. That's why when I said it, I made sure I was back here and not close to you. When you do those peas, you, you know, you had to be real careful. So, so listen, God is praised. So let me do a little uh, paraphrasing here. I'm going to go back and then I'm going to come back. Y'all got that? I'm going to go back and I'm going to come back. So 
Here's the deal. Jesus said your sins are forgiven. This is what the scribe said. No one can forgive sins but God. Right? That was a true statement. Their doctrine was true, but their application was false. It is a true statement that only God can forgive sins, but the application was false because Jesus was God. So Jesus, I love Jesus. I just, oh, I just love the way he does stuff. So Jesus said, your sins are forgiven. So the scribe says, well, nobody can forgive sins save God. You can't be doing this, Jesus. What are you doing? So Jesus says, so that you may know <laughs> that I have power with God, which is easier for you. Goodness gracious. Y'all love me. Somebody said, that's that Jesus, boy. That's why they don't like Jesus. They don't like the way Jesus responded. That's like Pilate didn't like it. Pilate said, are you a king? Jesus said, did you find this out on your own or did somebody tell you? <laughs> <laughs> I love me some Jesus. I love me some Jesus. So Jesus, Jesus says, so what's easier for you? I say your sins are forgiven or rise up, take up your mat and walk. So Jesus says, so that you may know that I got this authority, that I got this right, I got the jurisdiction, rise up from your bed and walk. So the man took up his mat, put it up on his arm and started walking. So now I can only imagine Jesus looked at the scribes and dropped the mic. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> can you imagine that with me? That's, that's my ghetto Bible. I'm sorry. <laughs> I have a ghetto Bible. It, it says, it reads a little differently. My ghetto Bible says he dropped the mic. <laughs> <laughs> so what's easier? God has the power to forgive sins just like God has the power to heal. And because Jesus is God, not was, he is God. Because Jesus is not dead, he is surely alive. They haven't found his bones yet because he still has them. <laughs> He's going to be the only man in heaven with bones. Y'all remember? He said, touch me, handle me, and see I'm but flesh and bone. And he's in heaven now, the only man in heaven with bones. You won't have any because you're going to have a glorified body. Amen? But we're going to get there. Amen? We hope you've been blessed by today's powerful teaching. Thank you for your continued prayers and financial support of this ministry. Visit us in person at 5805 West Highway 74 in Indian Trail, North Carolina. That's near Lowe's Hardware. Or you can find us on the web at www.changeatc3.org. That's change, C-H-A-N-G-E-A-T-C, the number three, dot org. Or call us at 704-821-7368. Covenant Community Church, where the truth is revealed.